everybody stays calm at the current moment, for there is a zombie apocalypse currently happening on the west coast. Do stay inside, and do not go out under any circumstances. We insist, do not leave your houses. Interrupt your regularly scheduled program for this special report. Blood Force Drama! Drama! Blood Force Drama! Drama! <laughs> prepping prepping 101 <laughs> good morning thank you for joining us it is january 23rd 2023 and today we're going to talk about the end of days prepping 101 the tiktokalypse <laughs> hopefully that's not what hopefully that's down. not what ends us but yeah so our last episode was about war this one's about surviving war <laughs> and anything else that comes <clears throat> you a bit of a prepper there dave or no i'd like to say that i have several skills <clears throat> primarily from my time in the service that can translate pretty well over to surviving apocalypse you know being able being familiar with like radio comms being familiar with maybe what actions armies would take or other military forces if they were hostile taking over pretty familiar with uh cbr policies and procedures so like chemical biological radiological mop suits and all that shit yeah nuclear cbrn yeah. spent a lot of time hiking i used to do backcountry hiking in virginia on blue ridge parkway i just take my knife you know a uh, torch flashlight hammock water purifier you know, camelback full of water and um, you just, know, some just go jerky and shit. Yeah, just go for two or three, four days. Fuck yeah. So I definitely am recently now in the last when was Irma a couple was, years ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, like a uh, hurricane was gonna hit <clears throat> a lot of people, everybody freaks out in Florida at least, and apparently across the country. When or parties, we party too. Yeah, or parties, or both. So they buy up all the water, they buy up all the gas. Uh, so during Irma, I went to visit my brother in Ohio, and, you know, so that was a dual thing, a little duality in that. I went to see him, and we evacuated, you know. So <clears throat> it's me and my family and fucking cats, which is terrible. Uh, and then my sister and her family following us so you know you drive 1600 fucking miles and you stay up there for a couple of days <clears throat> visit your brother gas all the way up no problem the way back there was nothing they literally like once you hit like georgia you had to have an app to even find gas gas buddy or whatever they were close it looked like the walking dead dude like the closer you got to florida the worse it looked so there's cars out of gas all strewn across the, the, the highway. They got the whole, there's just hundreds of exits closed because there's nothing. There's no gas. There's no food. There's no lodging. Can't stay in a hotel. People sleeping in their cars on the side of fucking highway with their whole family. It was a little bit awakening for me. You know, and they like in Florida, at least, they tell you, prepare for hurricane season. Every year they tell you. Get some water, get some food, blah, 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 blah. That happened. Um, and then I was like, I don't want to do this again. 
you know, I want to be ready for some shit. So I started uh, prepping, like small prepping, um, food, water, gas, you know, then COVID happened. And now there's nothing again, you know. And at the beginning, it was a little scary, the COVID shit. Like I'm, yeah, we didn't, we didn't know. I'm, I'm usually not afraid of anything, but the the place that we work deals with FEMA, right? Um, so you know, Miami Dade, Naples, shit like that. They all had these big fields of uh, FEMA tents set up for people, like basically quarantine zones for this, because nobody knew what the fuck was happening. So. We had to go there. And I'm like, I'm immune to everything. So I went down there to deliver some shit. Dave was my boss. Go down there with like generators, lights, shit like that. Um, get down there. And then it became real. Like, cause the military's down there to fucking, they're all wearing gas masks. They're like in their white fucking suits with their hazmat shit. And there's fucking people like coughing up blood and shit. You know, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is like outbreak. <laughs> you know? So that was another thing. I'm like, holy shit, at least I got water and food for the hurricane, you know? Yeah, so MOPS <clears throat> stands for Mission Oriented Protective Posture. So in the case of, you know, biological, it's the white suits, you know, gas mask, respirator. It was, uh, and it looks like, like, you know, when you watch movies, like I watch apocalypse movies all the fucking time, play apocalypse games, you see these. Even in zombie games, zombie movies, there's these fucking FEMA tents everywhere, and then there's zombies. So I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you know? At first, <clears throat> so I wore the mask. Nobody cared who I was until I wore the mask. You know, so I wore the mask, like, for a week. And then data started to come out about, like, it being just a flu, not that bad. And uh, we uh, had a person at work that I think had it originally. And then that shit spread through the job like crazy. And we were having to, like, uh, spray shit with bleach before we picked it up. And we had to go to that facility over and over and over. And we had to pick shit up from there. We had to go to testing sites, you know, over and over and over. And that shit's uncomfortable. Fucking mask. And I'm like, I watch enough movies and, and do enough, like, research. Because by then, you know, Irma was like months or years, a year or two before that. So I had been watching like prepper shit and this and that before. So I knew them fucking stupid paper masks didn't do shit, you know, in reality. So I bought a gas mask and I was wearing that shit at work just because I think it's funny for the most part. But, you know, you're fucking out there riding around with a gas mask on. It's like, oh, God, you know, but that's where I started doing it. And uh, then that shit's uncomfortable, so I quit doing it. And I was like, you know what? If I die, I die. Whatever. Fuck it. Um, I'm worth more dead than alive anyway, as far as my family, insurance and whatnot. So, and everything was shut down. The government was shut down. My wife's job was shut down. The schools were shut down. So I was. We had to have a piece of fucking paper to go to work. Remember? Yep. <laughs> um. So it was starting to feel. Uh, Nazi-ish. It was dystopian. Yeah, where's your papers? Show papers, you know? So I'm, like, rebellious to the to the end. So I'm like, fuck this stupid mask. Fuck this stupid paper. So I quit doing it, and then I never got it. And everybody else, did you get it, Dave? 
COVID? Twice now. The first time I had it was at work. And this was January or early February of 2020. You know, we had our coworker who went to the hospital in like early winter of 2019. And they thought it was hypothermia and then thought it was pneumonia. And then he's like, oh, it just has, you know, bronchial infection and stuff like that. Dude was laid up for almost three months. They almost died. That shit was serious for him. But this was before the COVID, the name, had come out, right? So they were misdiagnosing it as several things. Yeah. So then in early February, um, I don't even think that it was, I think it was March or so, was we started hearing news articles and stuff about COVID for real. Yep. But I was always, yeah, I was always sick. So I was always throwing up the counter anyways from stress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so nobody like, believed him it was just another fucking day until i go to the back bathroom because i was tired of throwing up in the nice bathroom i was like oh they can keep that i'll just you know be disgusting in the disgusting old <laughs> work uh shop restroom and then i started shaking getting faint i'm like curled up on the floor can't move and uh one of my drivers actually had to drive me home like i wasn't capable of riding my motorcycle back home he dropped me off I live on third floor at that point, and I had to crawl on my hands and knees three flights of stairs to get to my bed. Was there for two days. That sucks. And then the next time was pretty much just flu-like symptoms. Uh, doesn't wasn't really bad. I've been vaccinated twice. Um, got a booster once. Pussy. And uh, I mean, this is a really divisive topic, but when you go to the military, you get shot with like eight shots right out the gate. You don't know what the fuck they are. They just put in your ass and you yeah. carry on. So those are inoculations, most likely. Yeah, but ones that work. Growing up as a kid, going to the military, <clears throat> I don't mind. I'm not worried about microchips getting implanted in me. Whole other conversation. Long story short, I dismissed COVID at the beginning, but knowing people who work in hospitals, like my stepmom was a doctor, and seeing the fallout of that and like firsthand, um. It gives you a little bit different perspective, I think, mm. having it so close to home. And and then actually getting it. Yeah. And, like, I wore my mask whenever I was required to. It doesn't bother me. Like, when you talk about doomsday prepping, that's the point of it. You don't know if something is going to happen. You're mm, preparing yeah. for it to happen. And in the worst-case scenario, you are prepared. Yeah. So it's it's weird to me that someone would, like you, for example, like, doesn't bother me, but if I'm in a prepper mindset, I'd rather have as much advantage towards um, a stressor, right, or a threat, whether it's environmental or, you know, biological or whatever. I would rather have over-preparation than under-preparation or no preparation. And for a lot of this, you'll never know if that is going to be the deciding factor as to whether you come out better or worse for something. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it makes sense. I, I don't, on my end, I don't understand why people are so opposed to masks, especially when you look at data sets, but there's so much counter data towards anyone who's trying to like initiate a bias and hold a stance for or against. But it's yeah. just wearing a mask, man. I'm not. <laughs> It doesn't ruin my life. It's not imposing on my rights. At first. Well, I mean, is it or isn't it? Because 
they're like now, you know, like I don't mind wearing it until somebody tells me I absolutely have to. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, it should be a suggestion, not like mandatory, I don't think. You know, oh, you're killing people. Um, I'm me not wearing a mask killing people because I don't even have it, you know, like I've never had it. So I think it should be a choice, not like mandatory, just like the vaccine shouldn't be mandatory. It should be a choice. Um, but whatever, you know, um, back to prepping. I think uh, being prepared is a good thing for multiple scenarios. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. So you got your bug out bag, right? <laughs> I got everything. Four of them. I got four people in my family. Is that family. one for every um, disaster that you could face, or just one? It's for one for every member of the family. What do you so, have in there? All kinds of shit. List um, it. List it. Uh, food, water, number one. Uh, I got like a wool blanket. Um, you got an aluminum blanket in there, too? Yes. Okay. Like the little, you know, they fold up real small. Yep. Uh, these are not complete. Not all of them. Uh, they got like life straws. I got uh, shit to make fire lighters, fire starters, uh, magnesium rods, matches. Um, got like like uh, tinder, I guess you would call it. Uh, you know, dry stuff that's in like a bag. Right. That you because fire is going to be important. So especially if there's no power, you know. So I got shit to make fire like overdone. Um, I got like, uh, one of those military mess kits, the metal ones. Yep. You know, it comes with like a cup, like a, a bowl and like a canteen, uh, and like you can like. Everything folds into a single it, pot. It all goes into one little pot and you boil it or use it and then clean it and put it away. It's all stainless steel. I got stainless steel water bottles, got medical shit, you know, uh, bandages, gauze. Uh, tourniquet. Uh, it's like a, what is it called? IFAC or something? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a military uh, trauma kit, basically. Individual something, trauma, you know, trauma kit. It's got uh, Israeli bandages in it, which is like tourniquet bandages. Uh, got sutures and stitching for big cuts. I got super glue because if you got like a smaller cut, you can just fucking super glue that shit. Underwear. Like multiple, multiple pairs of underwear, <laughs> you know. I had a couple chains of clothes in there, socks, a whole package of socks. Lieutenant Dan, every time you stop, change your socks. Do you have any of that um, quick clot stuff? Yeah, what's that shit called? Sea Locks. Uh, it's one brand. It's it's a different brand. It's a blood stop or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a powder. Yep. Uh, I got antibiotics. Um, Moxicillin, cephalexin. I got uh, water. I already said that, but like water is like really important. Mm-hmm. So I like overdo the water. Um, now they, I have like a fucking tactical vest that I put on before the bag. You know, so it's got. Is this ballistic or just tactical? Just tactical. I also have a ballistic one, like a undershirt one that goes on under. Uh, I don't even know if I would use it. But probably, you know, because the key is if you got to go, you got to go fast. So putting all that shit on would take too much time, most likely. So I have it set up where I put on the vest, put on the bag, grab the gun right out, you know. Um, So my vest, 
holds. It's like a, well, you know, tackle vest. Got the, the six pockets. Molly vest. Yeah, Molly vest. Got six uh, rifle pockets for magazines, yeah. um, which are full. I got those full. And then it has a belt that's a part of it, like a utility belt, fucking Batman. And uh, it's got, uh, that's where actually my... Like, what's it called? Fucking IFAC. Oh, yeah. The medical med- medical med pouch kit. is on there. And then I got a, like a fucking big ass knife, big fucking Rambo knife. And it has in the handle, it has uh, matches and fishing string and those, those K bars with the hollow <coughs> handle. Yeah, I, you know, it's got, it's got the compass on the knife. And then, uh, so that's on one side of the belt. And then my drop leg holster for my pistol, which also carries a mag. And my, I got a Springfield XDM Elite, holds 20 rounds and a standard issue clip. I uh, got that with the, the light and the laser on it, and it fits in the holster. The holster holds another 20-round mag. Then on the top left chest, there's three mag pouches for a pistol. So I got, those are full 20-round mags. And uh, let's see. Then on the back, it has the molly webbing, and I have a uh, camelback tactical one and it's full of water so it's like a hydration bag and it comes over your shoulder and then it's right there and then it has another small backpack inside where you could put like an mre which is a meal ready to eat like a military food um i'm very familiar yeah i know you are but people aren't so basically it's like a full meal that is shelf stable and thousand calories yeah, and and there's a lot of food in there, like a lot. You, know, like you could literally share it if you wanted, and it has a heater so you can eat hot hot food whenever you want. So I got one of them stuffed in there. Then, you know, I, I got my, like, tactical pants that I usually always wear. Uh, we both do. Um, and I have multiple sets of those in my bug-out bag. So, And then my gun's, like, right next to my bed. I have an AR. 15 i got like a little over overboard with the ammo uh so i have a uh from like vietnam war they had a you know the little mag pouches that hook onto your belt i got one of them with three more in it and then i have a satchel that holds five mags that goes over your shoulder so i can throw all this shit on and then run out the door if i have to ammo is important so i kind of go overboard with that so i got like a combat load plus another reload which is seven mags, I believe. At least I have seven. And then another set. And then I have a... On the other side of my leg, I have a drop dump bag. So I can, instead of just throwing my empty mags on the ground, I can stick it in there and save them and reload them. And then it has another pouch on the outside. I don't have anything in there yet, but still a work in progress. So what do you feel is missing from your kit? At this point, uh... I don't think that anything is missing from mine. My family's isn't done yet. Uh, I mean, over-preparing is, is better than not preparing. Preparing at all is better than not preparing. Do you have uh, solar-powered battery chargers? I have a small one. One of those uh, little like battery bank, and it has yeah. the like, fold-out. I yeah. have one of those, and it's kind of just clips onto the back. You got to get some more of those. Yeah. And then I have uh, like an anchor um, battery pack that I, I keep charged. And it's it's got like a lithium battery that stays charged for like two hours. You got, you like got two your, hours. your hand crank radio? Got one of those. Uh, I ha- no, yeah, I have comms. I have a Bayofing. Bay Is that how you say it? 
Beifeng, mm-hmm. I think. It's like a Chinese, like handheld, uh, what's the big radio they use for military? The ham radio. Ham radio. Yeah. It's a handheld ham radio. And then, uh, but you're not allowed to use that unless there's an emergency or you have a certificate or whatever it is. Yeah. You have a, like, um, registered to broadcast. Yeah, registered. Some shit like that. But you can listen and it literally is like a scanner at the same time. So, and I have two of these, one for me, one for my wife. And then I got shortwave radios for my kids because I can use it for both, mm-hmm. you know? So I got like CB handheld radios like uh, you buy from like the camping store. Right. And they float and they're waterproof. All these are waterproof. Um, so I have I have the ham radios programmed to like the emergency stations. And then I can scan through to like the police and uh, fire station and ambulances and shit like that. So like if you see some weird shit happening on the news and then you start scanning and it's all happening at the same time, you're kind of like, okay, I think it might be happening. So then you gear up, you wait, you know? So then do you have a manual i have multiple do you have a personalized manual that you can provide your wife and kids so they're on the same page as you i have the same book you know survival book i have uh four of them each one small small bible size laminated uh no but they're in waterproof bags okay um they go inside the bug out bag and then i have mres in the bug out bag too I forgot to say that. No, you mentioned it earlier. Well, I said I had food, but I have MREs. I have, uh, you know, like the Spam singles. Those things are jamming. Spam's awesome. Yeah. Spam was originally created to be a survival food. Uh, it's, it's you know, you're always working on it, changing it. The, the, but the, the theory behind it is to be ready to go if you have to leave. I don't perpetually, like, want to leave. Most of my stuff is in my house. You yeah. Know? So I'm more of like a bug in, if I can, kind of guy, which uh, I live in the city, so it'd be a little harder, but I I live in a block house with impact windows. My doors open out, so you can't kick them in, literally. Like, it's impossible. Um, The hinges have the, you know, because you can just take the hinges off and pull the door off. They have the the locks where that can't happen. So I'm still working on it. You know, nothing's, I'm not done, you know, by any means. Now I have like a a whole room of food and water and medical supplies. Uh, every time I go to the store, I kind of buy a little bit of extra canned food. Canned food lasts way longer than you would think. I got actually a big ass fucking two hundred seventy five pound or gallon uh, water tank that's full. I have rain barrels, shit like that. So I'm more preparing to stay than leave. You know what I mean? Do you feel like you'll ever be done prepping? I don't think anybody's ever done. Because, I mean, if there was some kind of world-ending, apocalypse, dystopian event, you're going to burn, because you can't go to the store now. You know, so you're going to burn through your supply. You got a year, you're only being alive for a year, you know? Then you got to go out and find shit, or grow shit, or have a garden, too. You know, um... That's provided that you can still garden after whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's if it's it not is. like nuclear or some shit. But I mean, we live in Florida, so we can't have bunkers because the water table's too fucking high. Uh, I'd like to move somewhere else, but it's uh, it's not as easy as people think. You know, cost a lot to move. I'm planning on moving out 
in about a year going uh, across the country towards Washington, and I'm estimating about $10,000 to move. Yeah. That's outside of getting another house and everything else. It's just the moving costs. Right. So, I mean, I'd like to go somewhere mountainous, you know? I don't know exactly where. I don't want to go somewhere that's cold all the fucking time, but I don't want to go somewhere that's hot all the fucking time. So, somewhere with seasons, somewhere with good hunting, fishing. There's literally, like, whole-ass realtor companies that do nothing but sell prepper kind of places, you know? I'm sure they're doing well for themselves. Yeah, especially nowadays. I mean, I'm like I said, I started this because of the hurricane, and then it just kind of started making more sense the more that happened, you know. Even to the point of, like, uh, like I have silver, you know, because if the dollars, if power goes out, can't use dollar, you know, can't use credit card. I have cash, too, in my bag. Each bag has cash in it. Um, Got to keep cash on hand, you know, because if there's no power, Bitcoin's worthless. If there's no power, there's no... Venmo. Yeah, Venmo, you can't do that shit. There's no internet. You know, you can't do that. You can't go to the store and buy anything without cash or some kind of a currency. But that's giving the pretext that you think you'll recover at some point. Because cash is only given value by the government. Yeah, but in the beginning, it's still going to work. That's why I have it. You know what I mean? Like I said, that's the pretext. Everyone will be thinking that we'll recover from this so sure yeah. you'll use cash in the first couple of days well you got to get through the first part that's why i have it it's how like a people, means to an end yeah but how many people do you think actually believe that versus others that are just going to embrace the end of all and believe that it's it's never coming back uh i think is. there's a lot of normal c bias people think oh that's never gonna happen that, there's so many you know i talk about this shit with everybody because i think it's important but People are like, really, man? You got all that shit? You're just wasting your money. I'm like, okay, well, I'll be alive and you won't. It's cool. So you think the majority of people will just trust, you know, the government's going to fix it. Relief is coming. We'll be all right. And I mean, it will, sort of, in the beginning. Well, it depends on what it is. Yeah, that's all that depends, you know? It literally depends on what happens. So what what happens? What do you think happens? Well, so we can go over a couple of circumstances, but like, in yours right now, you have a bug up bag. You're anticipating information about an impending doom. We could get hit by a meteor, and you'd have no chance to respond. Yeah, yeah there was a movie about Greenland. Gerard Butler, good movie. There's um tsunamis that could be generated. You know, traveling at literal speed of sound, a mile high. This happened in recorded, like not our recorded history, but we can look through. Well, didn't that wasn't um, that not that far away? When, didn't that happen in like Europe somewhere? We've like, had a lot of really bad tsunamis along. in the last twenty years, like like a lot of really bad ones. But I'm talking about a, a species-ending sort of event. Yeah, well, we're not surviving that in Florida. So, but nope. I mean, if you're not prepared, you're not going to survive anyway. But I mean, some big event, then fuck, you're you're out anyway. But, so, are you prepared for flooding? Do you have um, life vests for everyone? Yeah, I also have, like, one of those, like, push-button fucking inflatable boat things. Right. I'm trying to catch you slipping right now. <clears throat> I mean, nothing's ever done. I, I try to cover, like, the main basis, you know? Um, you got um, Geiger counters? Not yet. Okay. And I don't have uh, the thyroid stuff, pills, mm-hmm. which 
should be scary for everyone because they're sold out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, what do you think the the most likely would be? Most likely event to where we would need any of this shit? It's a toss-up between nuclear disaster and astrological disaster, right? Meteor, comet, solar flare. Armageddon, the movie. There's one really ludicrous theory that's been pretty much debunked, but they, um, this gentleman published a book back in like the 60s and stuff where he thought the poles would just shift, the, like the world would stop spinning. Yeah, and I've heard that. the crust itself would keep spinning, all the air and water would keep spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And that's that's been debunked. But I had a like, dream about that. It it would be horrifying. Yeah, like the the, the I think I told you about it, right? Uh, the the world was like coming apart, and everybody's just like, "What do we do?" You know, and I'm like, "What are we doing? Let's get the fuck out of here!" But where do you go? Yeah, yeah. At that point, everything is the worst. You have several meteorological disasters happening at one time. You know, firestorms. Superstorms, tsunamis, earthquakes. There, there is no safe place. There's no scary uh, stuff. Uh, I like history, and I like looking back at. I think it started with ancient aliens. Yeah. But Graham Hancock has a, a bunch of material published out now. He's got his own, you know, YouTube pseudoscience documentary. Um, uh, what's that called? ancient apocalypse and the the biggest thing is they talk about the younger dryas period 12,000 or 11,600 years ago and there's so many similarities of some sort of civilization ending event that nixed the advance quote unquote and when we say advance we mean like yeah they had agriculture you know what I mean? mm. they had the language we're not talking flying cars and shit and you know, only fans were talking about <laughs> like they could circumnavigate the globe. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, they yeah. could process ideas and relay them across different cultures. So you have so many things like Quetzalcan and um, the Anunnaki and, and shit like that. All these different similarities of people coming across the sea, bringing advanced culture, technology, ideas. Um, and then they were like the the remnants of this old civilization and think of it whatever you will moral of the story is that there was a huge shift like the sahara used to be pretty close to what florida is now right you had a bunch of grasslands you had swamps you had plains you had you know like deciduous forest and stuff um so the sahara was green up until about four to five thousand years ago so even when the Egyptians were a fledgling culture, like they were just coming out of that, hmm. right? So it wasn't that way the whole time. That changed pretty quick. Going from Florida to the Sahara within a couple hundred years, that's a huge shift. Yeah, crazy stuff. So I think that um, there's one like uh, Gebekli, Gobekli Tepe, really hard uh, site to pronounce uh, but I believe that's over in Turkey and what they found is uh, in that area there's several buried cities right and so they're down in probably 20 to 80 to 100 feet deep in some mm. of these cave systems yeah. and they've got little homes carved out 
they've got tunnels they've got advanced filtration for um like air coming through ventilation shafts they've got underground aquifers and store water is legitimate cities underground right. and a lot of idiots right a lot of his uh anthropologists and historians and stuff like oh they were just hiding from from advanced or uh warring tribes and stuff like that and enemy forces and they just barricade their doors with stones like jesus like i don't, I don't like think jesus? that makes sense yeah like they push the stones in front of his cave oh yeah you know what i mean um i don't think that doesn't make any sense to me at all that you would try to <laughs> uh, that they try to barricade themselves in while enemy forces are just waiting them out. Like that's stupid. Yeah, unless um, they had like mountainous mounts of food and water, you would just you starve still. yourself out. Then they just live in your home above ground for years until you just pass away. Like there's literally no merit to that argument. No. What does make sense is that maybe we are passing through a meteor shower, and there were just literally the sky was exploding and cracking open dozens of times uh, a month or a day or a year whatever it is you know causing sonic booms scaring animals causing firestorms there could have been solar radiation right maybe you went through a phase where our ionosphere wasn't as strong as it was this reminds me of that movie knowing with nicholas cage remember that shit yeah yeah and then like he died anyway yeah, but uh, um, but perhaps we went through a period where we were bombarded with solar storms. Like it takes one good solar storm to scorch the Earth. Yeah, irradiate it, cause cancer, cause huge, huge changes, or one smaller meteor where we don't have evidence of it. Right, um, that caused a tidal wave. What was that one movie? Don't look up. Don't look up is that's the brilliant. greatest movie ever made. As far as this kind of thing goes. It's a, it's a love letter to stupidity and ignorance. It's uh, what the government would really do. So It's pretty much a playbook. Yeah. Uh, don't trust the government. You know? Um, they're not going to save you in this. You know? It's like you mentioned, uh, a lot of people want to adhere to that sense of normalcy. Right? Yeah. Normal, normalcy Norman. <laughs> you know? It is... Uh... No, nothing will ever happen. Everything's great. Look at how much money we're making. Money's only relevant while society exists, you know? Um, like, the price of gold and shit is, like, going through the roof right now because everybody thinks the dollar's going to crash, you know? I have some gold. Uh, I bought it, like, I don't know, probably two years ago, and it's quadrupled almost. I think the foundation for money in this in this respect is, like, Money gives you power to trade things, right? So you can take, like historically, right, a, a chest full of coins, right? The amount of mass that that contains in gold or silver, you could go buy a home. You could buy cattle. So versus you moving physical things in a barter society, it's more efficient to just move representations of mm -hmm. wealth. And that's, you know economy in a nutshell but barter societies can't scale up right? right wealth is easy to maneuver and transfer and articulate and you can gain more wealth by 
differences in value in different regions. So that's why trade and Silk Road and everything existed. But um, I think immediately, yeah, we'd go to a barter economy. Hey, you have food, you have water, you have... I mean, I think within the first week, right, cash would still be a thing until people figured out it wasn't. And then, you know, gold and silver has been around forever, and it was always the currency. I think people would still be normalcy bias enough to think that that was worth something, right? For the first week, maybe two weeks. Yeah, if we've done it before, it's likely they'll look to history and say, oh yeah, that's how they did it, we should probably do that but again. But you, you can eat gold. No, you can eat silver. So, in the end, you know, fallout situation, whatever, food and water is going to be, water over anything, but food and water is going to be the main staple. And it's then, probably not going to be bottle caps. No, it won't be bottle caps at all. Food, water, ammo. Like, I actually had, like, thoughts and things about playing cards with my friends and trading ammo for currency. You know, like, shotgun shells worth this much, blah, blah, blah. You know, nine millimeters worth a dollar, whatever. Medical supplies. I think uh, that's one people are going to sleep on. Yeah, they're going to sleep on it a lot, man. And then, like, antibiotics. People used to die from infections all the time. Yeah, and they've got a shelf life. Once the power grid goes down, they're not refrigerated anymore. Clock is ticking. Yeah, they lose so much potency over time. And if they're not making anymore, eventually they won't work, you know? So you got to keep them cold. You got to keep them in a dry place. You got to keep them where you got to keep them, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of people with lifelong diseases, you know, that they have to <clears throat> medicate and control and mm -hmm. all of that. It's going to go away. You have no yeah. option anymore. You're just at the behest of nature at that point. Those are the first people to die. People who rely on medications, heart medication, insulin, you know, like insulin stays good for a long ass time as long as it's refrigerated. But then what do you do if there's no power? So it goes bad and then you die. One of the main, which I'm still kind of trying to work on this, is uh, one of the main things about preparing is being in shape. So I'm in better shape than most people my age, but I could always be in better shape, you know. Um, what's that movie? Fucking zombie, zombie, zombie land. land. First rules cardio. Yeah, that's the truth. And it's a comedy. Yeah, it's funny. But like a lot of those rules that he made up were fucking dead nuts, man. You know, always check the back seat, and I mean everything depends on the situation, but. And there's always conspiracy theories and that and this and that. No, I mean, I think the most likely would be either nuclear, you know, from us or them or whoever. Uh, governments are stupid. So we're, we're on the verge of nuclear right now. And uh, I think that's definitely a threat. I also think EMP is a big one or cyber warfare. You know, you shut down the whole fucking power grid. People get a real fucked up when there ain't no power. They get squirrely real fast. It's like that movie uh, Miller's versus the Machines when the mm -hmm. fucking internet goes out. They're all like tribal fucking trying to sacrifice people for the internet god. <laughs> you know, that shit's real, man. Like people think, oh, it's funny, but it's what really happens. Yeah, like Stephen King's The Mist. Yeah, The Mist. Um, 
there's so many, you know, Book of Eli, you know. Uh, I think that those are the most likely at this point in time. Nuclear or EMP attack. Meteor could be a definite. Uh, Yellowstone fucking volcano, you know, people. Looked a lot into that. Apparently Yellowstone probably isn't going to be ending us anytime soon. I hope not. But if it does erupt, like... That's the equivalent of a nuclear. You know, it throws ash into the atmosphere. Nuclear winter. It sucks. Um, I'm not super worried about that one. But I think nuclear is probably the most likely. Or economic downfall. Even like the Great Depression. You know, if you were prepped, you was gliding. You know, I mean, it lasted a long time. But at least you were chilling for a couple of years. Yeah, so in the case of... a total societal collapse right not just dystopian but apocalyptic future we're talking about gold and silver primarily as being like the next form of currency but once those couple days couple weeks devolve and people start realizing that there is no going back to normal <clears throat> then it's going to drop down to a virus society so yes. you talked about your friend play card games you're fantasizing about playing card games for ammunition Mm-hmm. being currency i think that that's that's one viable right going back to our old episode conflict will be necessary in the apocalypse i think when society falls conflict is even worse because now there's no one to regulate or enforce the laws there's no more police there's no more law enforcement there's no more military um as a whole anyway uh even in you know, dystopian shows, you know, Walking Dead. In the beginning, you're always worried about, like, the zombies, you know? And once you have lived through that and you learn how to fight them, it's people you got to worry about. Always, always, always people. Well, you know, first it was, uh, I forget who the first person was they had to fight with. You ever watch that show? I haven't seen that show in so long. It started droning on towards the end. It came like yeah, I mean, it. it was just one after the other. It was like, you know, the governor and fighting him, and then they moved somewhere else, and then it was Negan <clears throat> going on fighting him, and then it was the Whisperer people that wore the zombie faces fight them, and now even in the new season, there's a whole other new one. It's just <clears throat> people and groups are going to be the problem. So, you know, like in one episode we were talking about small hunter-gather groups, they can move. Once you find a spot, depending on the scenario, you're going to have to defend that spot um, to keep it from people from stealing shit. So you think real estate might become like another essential commodity? Maybe eventually. Um, well, I know, it depends like, on what happens, honestly. For me, uh, glorifying this as a kid, you know, Stan? wee hours of the night talking to your best friend about what's going to go down and everyone's yeah. got the same thing you got to go to the mall they're going to go to the you know grocery store i used to think like that right walmart you'd be in the trap sam's club you'd be with a hundred thousand other motherfuckers running on that place and i mean it depends on what happens you know um so i mean if it's zombies for instance <laughs> there's already a million people walking around in fucking walmart as it stands you know, at any given time. Now they're just even dumber. And, yeah, and you're going to be in there trying to batten down the hatches with zombies already in there. 
and or or people in there with all this chaos going on. No, it's not realistic. You know, I used to think the same way. I'm going to go to Walmart. Well, no, everybody's going to go to Walmart. I want to have Walmart at my house. So in reality, for people that have never done this or looked into it, you want to be able to stay somewhere for a month, a week, at least three or four days. Yeah, weather the storm. The first. You want to weather the storm. First wave of whatever it is. Yeah. So, I mean, they say, you know, should have uh, three days worth of food and water, which is the absolute minimum. Yeah, you can ration that out to six days. You know, and I mean, for, for like you, you got two people and two dogs and, a, and three cats. I mean, I got... That's just fast food. I got, yeah. I got uh, four people, two cats and a dog. You got chickens too, though, if they yeah, survive. That's part of my stay-in-place prep plan. Eat the eggs, not the chickens. You know? Um, it's got to be a lot of people that eat the chickens. A lot of stupid fucking people. So... If you listen to this, don't eat the chicken. Eat the egg, right? This was in uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. The dad's trying to tell the younger kids, like, hey, stop eating the chickens. We need to eat the eggs. And they ate all the chickens, and now they got nothing. Chickens lay eggs. That's kind of like the, the meta context for all of greed, the one percenters, governments. It's like everyone's worried about eating the chicken right now. Yeah, everybody wants eggs. to eat chicken, man. I just got done eating General So chicken, but... Our, our kids aren't going to have any eggs. Well, we're not going to have nothing to eat because you ate all the fucking chickens. You don't, you don't get eggs out of air, you know? So, you know, I'm trying to do all kinds of things to be able to stay where I am. Look unappealing. Like, you know, my house ain't beautiful. It looks like a normal-ass house, but it's not, you know? Hide in plain sight. Basically, yeah. No one's going to go to the ghetto. Strategic signs, like signage, is very, depending on what happens, you know, um, if it's zombies or a plague or whatever you make you a fucking sign says all dead here or um contaminated people inside people ain't gonna want to go in there if you got it all fortified up looking fucking walls and fucking cameras and be like these bus these bitches got some shit yeah all you can eat buffet you know so be ready without looking ready i guess is my plan and, you know, I'm like, I have my chickens, they're in the backyard. You can't see them from the road. I don't have a rooster that makes noise, you know. So, there's that. Um, just, uh, just like, it depends on what happens. Like, you know, like you said, people want to go, oh, I'm going to go to Walmart. Well, no, not realistic. And, I mean, if there's any kind of warning, I mean, we saw this with COVID. You know, well, there's no toilet paper. You can't eat toilet paper, people. There's no water. So, you got no water, a whole shelf of water filters. You know, so I was already ready when COVID happened because of the hurricane shit we talked about. So I didn't even have to go to the store to, like, get anything. I was there, like, shopping for clothes. Yeah, I think I have. <clears throat> yeah, I'm in an apartment. I don't have a 250 or 750-gallon yeah. basin that I can catch water in. But I think I had six 24-packs uh, of bottled water you know, mm -hmm. in the tub, so on and so forth. But there's only so much you can do in your, your given space. Yep. Um, I mean, at least for you, you got a fucking lake in your backyard. You know, I mean, it's dirty water, but if you got filters, you can filter it. So, uh, you know, I went to the store and I was on the other side and like the normal shit side. And I was like, you know what? Let me go over here and look at this shit, see what's happening. Go walk over there. People are freaking out, fighting over fucking toilet paper. I'm just like, this is comedic at this point. I got plenty of toilet paper too, by the way. 
Um, they actually make these toilet paper tabs that are tiny, and you get them wet, and they open up into a big-ass sheet. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, you see, yeah, I got women in the house. So, I think that's going to be one of the most uh, prized resources. We're going to revert back to, you know, mm-hmm. ancient times. Or, oh, yeah, or, and wiping your ass with a leaf. Fucking, that was in The Walking Dead, too, the newest season. Like, they had toilet paper at the place, and she, the girl's like, you have toilet paper? And they're like, yeah. And she's like, I'm so excited, you know. Well, it's, it's, it's the little things. Well, that's the other part, is once you've got all of your, or as much as you can, of your basic necessities to live, the the comfort thing, right? You're going to be in a bunker, even if you're ultimate doomsday prepper. You've got a year's worth of food and <clears> fuel <throat> and everything else. You can stay in your bunker. How are you going to mentally process that for a year? It's hard. I mean... Depending on how much money you have and how much money you spend on your bunker, that that's a big uh, thing. Like, um, there's like a guy that took like a missile silo and turned it into like a prepper condo. So, you know, big fucking missile was in there. It's like 11 stories deep. They basically had like an inverted bomb proof fucking condo. So you're still underground, you know, and like being underground without any light or, you know, sunlight or seeing outside fucks with you mentally so they have like windows that are tvs and you can program whatever you want to see and nobody knows the difference so you can literally like look at the mountainscape or you know the uh the woods complete with sound birds chirping and shit at the strip club strip club whatever you want to be in you can be in in this place you're walking through the hall and it looks like you're underwater even like you know you can do whatever you want in there because you got so much money to be able to do this and it's got its own independent air supply and it's got its own independent water supply they got like a (laughs) some kind of million gallon tank or some shit in there it's just ridiculous you know it has a whole store and like people buy these for like millions of dollars each floor is like three million dollars or some shit and like basketball players and I think it's funny you look at any of the Fallout games and you start out in one of those In shelters. the vault, yeah. Yeah, in, in the vault and something's gone wrong. Inevitably. Yeah. Every it's, single Well, one. I mean, these are in the game. They've been underground for fucking hundreds of years, so everything breaks down eventually. Um, People first, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just all kinds of things that you gotta do if you're gonna do it, right? So I have like a, a get home bag, even. You know, the bug out bag is to leave, and I have a smaller quotation bug out bag. It's my get home bag. I got food, water, gloves, knives, fire starting shit, um, navigation, stuff like that to to get home. If I'm like at work or if I'm out of town and I have to walk, you know, there was a really good book uh, by uh, the Angry American. It's about like power grid goes down when he's like he's like a tower climber or something in the book and he is out of town working like in like northern georgia and he lives in florida so now like everything dies including vehicles it's like an emp attack or something nobody knows why so he starts to start walking so he has like in his car he has like his get home bag he has extra clothes he has like different shoes i keep my military boots in my car in case i gotta put them on and do some shit you know um, as opposed to like regular work boots, in case you got to walk, you got socks, you know, whole nine yards. And it's kind of how the story goes is he's trying to get home from like 
hundreds of miles away from home. And he's got night vision goggles and all kinds of crap. And it's this whole ass story of having to deal with people in the apocalypse in the first starts of it. So that's the most dangerous time is the very beginning. If you can bunker in and ride that out for a week or two, all the people we talked about that were on, you know. Doing Walmart runs. Well, the, the, the people that rely on medications. Yeah. So, I mean, in reality, if say you just got your shit filled and it happens, you got a month. So if you can bunker in place for two months, by the time you come out, most of the people are going to be dead anyway. Fat people, out of shape people who can't run, you know, um, easy target, like we talked about on the war one, you know, easy targets, hard target, soft target. Yep. Um, that kind of thing. So if you can stay somewhere, not have to leave, then you got a better chance of surviving. So if you can have enough food, water, resources to stay, even if it's just enough for that month, most people are going to be dead anyway, you know. See, I've got the um, opposite idea. In You're going to be a bandit? No, not a bandit. <laughs> maybe a pirate. A marauder? See, I think that being stationary, again, depending on their circumstance, but um, stationary, I, I get scared. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm cornered at that point. And Even in your own house? Oh, especially in my own house. Like, not this house. Say you had a house house. Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm one guy with a gun. Yeah, but they don't know that. They they don't know that, but they can roll up with 10 guys, 20 guys with a gun. I'm fucked. Yeah, it's easier to find you on the road than it is to find you in a house, I think. Yeah, try to find me at sea, buddy. Well, how are you going to go to sea, Dave? Well, right now I'm in Florida. There's plenty of marinas with rich assholes that don't take their boat out but once or twice a year. You know what I mean? Luxury yachts, sailboats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still got to have food on that boat. You can't drink seawater. No, but there's plenty of other, like, islands in in the best case scenario right have a sailboat you know wind powered you're able to travel you're able to avoid mainland routes right there's you can navigate you know by stars compasses there's plenty of ways to get where you need to go without having to rely on fuel without having to rely on gps mm -hmm. um and you can on some boats you could grow enough food to like subsist for a, a little while right jaunts in between islands you could have enough food to get to where you need to go to restock and then move on to the next place and um growing food takes time though no it does for sure but i think the immediate thing that you said is, is people are the problem yeah. out at sea it's not a lot of people but you have to get there and have the food to go you're one guy like you said how are you going to carry all that i mean Ships are made to be out at sea, subsisting on them, whatever no, stores I mean, they have you, in a while. Physically, you. You know, you have a motorcycle in yourself, so you can only carry what you can carry in a backpack. Yeah, I'm going to have other vehicles open to me at some point in an apocalyptic scenario. But, I mean, are you going to try to stay, like I said, for a month and then go? Or are you going to try to run right away? Depends on where I'm at. If I'm in an apartment in an urban environment like this. Probably wait out the first three days, you know, defend as best I can, but make it through then. Get out to a marina. I'm not far. You know, we're minutes away from any marina. Mm -hmm. Able to drop sail and get out. Even if you just anchor off the mile outside the coast or 
even within view, there's so many boats that just sit around docked. Yep, yep, no yep. one's really going to bother you. Well, I think this brings me to my next point of people are also important. Like-minded people that you get along with. Militia, I guess you would call it, maybe. There's literally like whole prepper communities. And they have a location, probably somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, I mean, prepping's real big in like Montana, you know? There's just a bunch of nothing. Wide open spaces. Wyoming, bunch of nothing. Uh, they all got like fucking big ass all terrain type vehicles and <clears throat> ways to get there. So if uh, something was to happen, you know, you have a group, like minded individuals. And you meet at this location. So, you know, somewhere like Montana, you can have a bunker or a side of a mountain or a cave or a farm or whatever, you know. So I uh, don't have one yet. I have a few people that, uh, you know, kind of in agreement. We ride out the first month, meet at one location, if it's still there. Uh, and try to defend that location because you're going to need help yeah i think that's um important but i just i i want to err on the side of caution i know at some point once everyone's sort of not necessarily deadened but like once the reality sunk in you know really sunk in that this is the new norm you can start to manage personalities and expectations and in, in social new social norms at that point i don't think it's possible for most people right in that initial panic negative and i'm also worried about people like it, it took me probably till i was 20 to really adjust to this outlook but it started even when i was 14 or 15 years old once i fell out of religion and started like introspecting and macrospecting humanity. I, I came to the realization, for me at least, like my reality is that most of mankind just have the behavior patterns of children, like toddlers. There's not a lot of people who are really advanced in thinking about things in a certain light. It's all basic survival that gets smothered in the context of you know keeping up the joneses and making money at work and this and that and so they run off of these really base instincts and behaviors that just get kind of complicated and clouded and that's just how they live their life and a lot of it's you know me 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 at the end of the day yep so i can't trust them to behave in a consistent rational manner because they're just irrational children at heart and now they're children with guns and children with families they're trying to protect and it doesn't take a lot especially in that environment where you said there is no law there's no going to court after you shoot someone you just you don't even have to bury the bodies you just leave them there and no. move on yeah and they're going to be clear of their conscience because that's just how it is at this point so I think that people are the problem. Take, it would take a while for me to trust any sort of post-apocalyptic society. And when you look at like Stephen King's A Mist or Walking Dead or pretty much anything, 
religion it's horrible. is horrible. Yeah, it it brings people together and they have something to group uh, around and towards. You know, so much of religion talks about the end of times and the end of days and mm-hmm. the chosen people will survive. They're going to start to identify with that. You get that tribal mentality, mob mentality, and that's super dangerous. I think religion is dangerous. And that's that's infectious. A lot of those like-minded individuals, at yeah. some point, they could crack under the pressure and versus being this logical survivor mentality they've been gearing themselves towards, they just revert back to religion. And That's exactly what it is. Weird things can start to happen with people in extremely weird situations. Hmm. That uh, book I was talking about, the get home bag thing, that's one of the pieces in there. He like runs into this town that's all kinds of blocked off, and everybody seems so friendly and nice and stuff. And then uh, like there's a preacher guy that runs it, and uh, they take something, and he has to go looking for it. Goes into the basement, and they have like like young girls locked in the basement, and they're feeding them like dog food, you know, and uh, chained to the wall kind of shit. So definitely something to worry about um obviously i'm not like saying you shouldn't be religious or whatever but look book of eli everybody's seen that movie you know they like didn't have any bibles anymore the two guys that knew what bibles were was the denzel washington and what was his name i I forget but the mayor of the town the mayor of the town uh he's been in a shitload of movies i just can't think of his name gary oldman yeah i love gary oldman gary oldman was the guy and uh, he was the bad guy and uh, he knew that if he could get the Bible and preach its word, that he could have all these people following him like he was the God. And the other guy knew that he wanted to do that, and he just wanted to give it out to people to interpret the way they wanted. It's crazy. Uh, so Neil deGrasse Tyson talked about you know, religion, and I mean, he's spoken several times about it. And this one excerpt I watched recently, he's talking about primarily understanding the world and so you're like oh the sign of an end times will be angels falling from the sky right associated as stars or meteors mm, yeah. right so back then before they understood the world and natural phenomenon processes this astrological thing that happened um sorry astro- astronomical right astronomy the actual science astrological the woo-woo shit yeah and um so now they just they modify stuff, right? So they reinterpret this differently to fit their whatever dogma they're trying to preach. So in Book of Eli, he wants to modify the good book in order to manipulate the masses according right. to the current situation. Yep. This has been hundreds of scenarios, games, you know. Uh there's another book I told you about, um Apocalypse Z. Takes place in Spain. And he fucking sails boats and shit you would love this book yeah that's me and uh he fucking sails around some shit happens with zombies meets this group religious group fanatics so racism they got these zealots they call them and it's like black people spanish people and then only the white people live in the one fucking town. And they all, the zealots all do all the work, like going and getting shit and, you know, stuff like that. 
which is wrong. New, new age slavery. Yeah. And uh, he's like some Southern Catholic or Baptist or some shit and just over the top, you know, like end of times preacher like you see in movies and shit, that kind of guy. So it's this whole story about this one guy and it starts at the very beginning. It's not like it comes in already in there, you know, but he starts to notice things, you know, and then he kind of starts to gear up as it goes, gets like solar panels installed and ends up staying for a while at his own house. And then he has to leave and then he goes, gets the boat, sails off. It's in like Madrid area and shit. See, that's nice. Um, he still gets caught by some other boat, bigger boat. Oh yeah, pirates are real. And uh, now, they're like they're like Russians, and it's his whole thing with the Russian ship. And then there's like another guy in there that speaks Spanish that he's Russian. His name's like Victor Pachinko, and he's a fucking badass. But he's like a helicopter pilot. And then there was like a safe haven kind of situation in like Madrid. Don't ever go to a safe haven if some shit happens. Ever. Because they're never safe. According to every Apocalypse movie, show, or book. Yeah, just society in general. But a lot of those historically speak about like Madrid, the Mediterranean area. So a lot of those islands out past Greece and Italy and stuff, they had their own like microcosms of culture. And a lot of the homes historically because they had so many writers and pirates and stuff like that coming up from north africa mm. out from the east from you know the north of the southern of europe all of their homes were like fortresses castles yep. Yep. and it, they were protecting themselves from outside threats right so i think it's my ammo cartridges shrinking and warming up holy fucking loud noise yeah um but so I almost pulled the cat, dog. <laughs> it's, it's in the drawer in front of you. Oh, mine's on my ankle. Yeah. Um, but they were ready to defend themselves from their neighbors, and then when it wasn't the neighbors and it was the other, right, whatever outside threat, the whole island would get together with their own militia. Yeah. And um, it, it's really neat. But again, they're they're seaside people. They have access to food. They have access to water. They have access to their own boats and mobility. But that's one situation where they were just dispersed enough to like everyone has their own, you know, their own little farm, their vineyard, their goats and stuff. Yeah. And then they come collect, come collectively when. Yeah. But you have, you have to have that space, right? Yeah. We don't have that. People in confined areas being on deployment in a ship for months at a time, man, relationships can get very close and they can also break down really quick. Yeah. It takes a certain type of person to be like, a submariner or an astronaut. There's a reason they go through psychological evaluation so much uh, to be in high stress situations for long periods of time with minimal resources. Uh, and I think it's something a lot of people don't practice. A lot of these skills people don't practice. You think that a lot of woodsmen would, um, we think good old boys and stuff like that. People who hunt and farm, live off the land, have some mechanic experience. Like those are the ones that are really going to. succeed and there's a lot of money to be made about prepping courses and survival skill courses and stuff like that um 
I think that's necessary for not even just end of days prepping, but just to get back in touch with like the human experience, human history. You know, we've only been living this bougie lifestyle for a hundred years, but for thousands and thousands of years before, you had to make everything you had. You mm -hmm. earned what you kept and You keep what you kill. Yeah. Keep <laughs> what you kill, really. Yeah, man, skills are extremely important. I think that's gonna be the biggest Currency. commodity. Yeah. yeah. Doctors, electricians, yeah, doctors. mechanics. I uh make jokes to friends who know that I'm this way. And sometimes they're not even jokes to like people who are dicks. You know, like this one guy one time was um uh, just giving me shit, just delivery I was making, and I'm like, dude, I'm doing the best I can here, trying to defuse, you know. And he just kept on, kept on. So instead of getting, like, upset and yelling or anything, I was like, listen, man, in the apocalypse, I'd be eating people like you. And it just shut him down completely. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. People like you would be on the fire, and my militia would be eating you. With a side of farva beans. Yeah, and a nice can of tea. Um, no, obviously, I don't want to eat people. But uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't. You know, uh, probably suck, but hey, the tribes have been doing it for hundreds of years. Go read Moby Dick. Yeah. Or or live. You know, they had to eat people. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But with the friends, you know, I talk about things like you have your little society, new people come in, right? So you're like, okay, you have a screening process. What do you know how to do? What did you do before the the fall or whatever oh well, i was a banker all right you're in the labor pool or you're on the fire one or the other no what do you know how to do well, i'm a carpenter and I, I can weld you're in the skilled trade you know so the shit you know how to do is going to be valuable so even you know the great depression again there's people that knew you know they would trade skill so some guy had a chicken farm his fence is broken he don't know how to fix it this guy knows how to fix fences hey man i'll fix your fence for you for two dozen eggs okay cool here's your eggs fix my fence you know you're gonna be able to trade your skill for what you need you know or if you're in the military now you know you're a valuable asset for security and awareness um like I, I try to know how to do a lot of things. Like I can weld. I can fix cars. Um, I can build things out of wood. You know, I can make fire. I can do a lot of shit. I know how to do a lot of what seems like useless shit in the middle of society. But when there ain't none, it's extremely useful. So I think that the... Um... The other side is, like, how are you saying, oh, you're ascribing people different jobs according to their skills. There's got to be the guy that does that, right? The mm. leader. Yeah. That's a double-edged sword. I mean, I would think that... Maybe there's a committee of, could, of, of, you know, multiple people. Could be, but according to your own words and most conversations they have, there's always some guy who's going to think he wants more than the others. Yeah. 
So I think that charisma, right, being able to manipulate people, influence them, is probably going to be one of the most valuable skills. Yeah. I mean, you think of, like, Negan. Everybody hated him when he bashed in fucking dude's head, you know? A fucking asshole. But then the more he's in there, he's funny. The way he speaks, you're like, man, he's fucking great. I love this guy. But he's a dick, you know? Um. So, yeah, I mean, you know, goes back to kind of like communication, being able to say what you mean in a way that's not dickheady is very important. So you have to build these skills before it falls. You know, I think somebody like you would uh, do it very well in the committee. Yeah, I think so. That or forward recon. I'm going to be alone and out there. Either or. I mean, you you know, you have a way of speaking and trying to do what seems right anyway to make people understand things. And I mean, you know the big word and what it means and the small word to explain what it means for people who don't, you know. So I think that's an important thing to be able to talk to people without seeming scary or yeah talk to people on their level you know like yeah uh, you have to kind of feel them out you called me a chameleon the other day yeah. when you're riding with uh everybody Dave, he's a he's a chameleon like i i know how to be in almost any social sphere and get along or, yeah, or at I least think i saw that did you yeah i i could survive anywhere i could probably thrive a lot of places too yeah and even though in this scenario you're probably going to have to put some of your own beliefs aside, you know, and kind of uh, play a role in some areas so you can either get in tight or get out of whatever said scenario. Yeah, that's another thing. You could be a prisoner. A lot of these situations, you know, all this media fiction or pseudo fiction, you know, until it happens, mm-hmm. um, it it's hard to break away just like a gang. You know what I mean? They're yeah. in for life. And if you're the only electrician, right, and you're trying to establish a compound and get power back on, they're not letting you go easy. No. No, they're like making you stay because of your skill set. Um, you know, back to The Walking Dead, there's uh, the ones, she's like Asian, but she's like uh, got an English accent. Miko or something is her name. Um, they come to this town and they have this screening process like I was talking about. They want to know what you, because it's like thousands of people in here. So they're going to assign you a job based on what you did before so they know you're good at it. Um, so they go through this like rigorous screening process. Well, then she go, they go to escape because they, they have their own community they want to live in. They don't want to live there. And there's like a wall of the lost or something. There's pictures of like people that have gone missing or whatever. And then she like sees her brother and her on the wall. And his little note, have you you seen my sister, blah, blah, blah. Then she realizes that her brother is in there. Her brother's a surgeon, right? So she, she was like a lawyer or something. So she gets like top tier information. So she goes... Uh, to the mayor or whatever, and they 
tell her where her brother is. So he's working like making cakes in a fucking bakery shop. He's a surgeon. And he never told him he was a surgeon because he didn't. He just wanted to live. He didn't want to be stuck. Clever girl. Yeah. So, and she's like, they're having a conversation outside, and she's like, what are you doing making cakes? You're a surgeon. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to be a surgeon in the apocalypse. I want to make cakes. I'm happy doing this, you know? So, I mean, sometimes if you don't want to be in that situation, you're probably going to have to lie, you know? You have to be prepared to lie. I don't like lying, but, I mean, you might have to. There, I think there's, I, I wouldn't condemn anyone for lying for survival. Me neither. For profit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that shit either. But, I mean, if you're protecting someone or you're protecting yourself, you don't really want to be there, I would probably end up dying because I'm too prideful. Yeah, bet. You know, I'd be like, I'm not telling you anything. I have to go to fucking jury duty, right? And my plan, when they ask me stupid questions, is be like, I prefer not to answer. So I don't want anybody to know anything about me anyway. So... Back to the group scenario, like people that know me, I've already talked to about this. You know, I'm trying to start it, as it were, you know. I got a few, you know, you got like a big area with lots of things that are needed or wanted, and uh, people are going to want to take it. Can't defend it by yourself. Got to have like minded people, patrols, you know, sniper towers, whatever you got. Working on that. Uh, hopefully I have enough time to build it before it comes. If you build it, they will come. That'd be my luck. I'd build it, get it all set up, and then it would happen. It's like, well, at least I'm, at least I'm here. At least I have it. So do you think we'll ever be able to recover? How quickly do you think the recovery would be? Or do you think we'd be enter a new dark age for another hundred years like Book of Eli? Uh, situational. Do you think we'd ever be better for it? Um, also situational. I think if it's like a nuclear bomb or multiple, I think there's a lot of recovery because you can't grow shit anyway. Everything's all irradiated and fucked up. Um, I mean, EMP you might be able to come back from, but like when people ain't got no power, they freak out. Meteors. Probably not. I think that shit would just end the world quickly. Uh, fucking zombies. You know, people are always like, oh, you know, zombies ain't real. Yeah, I think zombies would be one of the easiest, actually. Depends. Slow zombies, fast zombies. Fast zombies, I don't think I'm going to be there. I'm just going to off myself because zombies scare the fuck out of me. I'm not worried about zombies, but something like the Resident Evil virus, the T-virus, that's horrifying. I was going to say, like, I'm not talking about, like, dead zombies. It's not realistic. But viruses are real, right? Maybe not like a mutating T-virus or something that reanimates corpses, but what about rabies? 28 days later? Something like that. They're still alive. They're just infected. You know, or Z, Borbor Z, or whatever. You know, they're uh, still alive, but they're fucking rabid. 
we don't know what the fuck's happening in the world, you know? They could be gain-of-function fucking rabies virus, and now it gets let out, and fucking rabies virus zombies are running around eating people, I mean, bath salts, who the fuck knows, you know? So, that's what I mean when I say zombies. I'm not talking about slow, dead zombies. Those are easy. Alright, so, we've covered zombies, we've covered um, a lot of physical, geological annihilation events. But what about aliens? What about the invasion? That's a very real possibility, too, you know? Fucking, uh, I think that they exist. I think we shouldn't be so geared up to try to find them. And we shouldn't be sending out radio signals hundreds of millions of light years into the fucking world. It's like, uh... Get like pixels. Making your house seem unappetizing, right? Yeah. I Dead mean, here. They probably know about us if they're around already. I mean, for all we know, we were created to be slaves for them anyway. There's a lot of theories about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I mean... Like we're we're fixed towards gold and silver because they're valuable resources, and if they exist on a longer time scale, versus them trying to mine a meteor or something, we'll just create a bunch of monkeys to dig up the earth for us, and we'll swing through and just pull it up off the surface once it's out. Yeah. Taking your gold teeth and shit. Um, yeah, I don't think we should be so gung-ho on finding anything, you know? I think everything can be dangerous. Religion, AI, aliens. I mean, there's literally hundreds of movies on all this crap. Yeah, take your pick. You know, um, I know movies are fiction, but there's a lot of shit that happens in movies that happens in real life. Yeah, just look at The Simpsons. How many the things they predicted? The fucking Simpsons are time-traveling-ass motherfuckers, man. There's not even, like, denying that. <laughs> They're prophets. Uh, modern day Nostradamus. Yeah, pretty much. They predict everything. And there was aliens on that, and they were big squid-looking motherfuckers always trying to eat people. So, yeah. I don't... I don't really know what you would do with aliens. I mean, you know, War of the Worlds, um, Signs, that movie Signs. Yeah, at least in, in that circumstance, we have something to unite against. You know what I mean? We all become equivalent survivors uh to some degree hopefully versus the human race yeah because you you can fix you know the the alien invasion fight them off whatever it is that's that's the fix mentality but there's no fixing a two mile high tsunami that sweeps across the planet there's no no fixing nuclear war yeah, well, there's supposedly some kind of a submarine with a bomb on it that can create tsunamis so that's kind of scary too there's a lot of things that can do it. Um, you know, tectonic shifting. There's, uh, I believe, when Fiji suffered their tsunami, it was partially because like a a side of a volcanic island was unstable, and that whole shelf just like slipped off. Mm. Right, the whole half the island just dropped in the water, and that sort of Atlantis. Tsunami, yeah, that sort of tsunami causes a lot more damage, creates higher waves. You look at when tectonic shift and earthquakes can cause some pretty bad tsunamis, but it's it's nowhere near to the same scope as something falling into the water. They had that happen in a valley in Alaska, and they measured the wave reached like 180 feet 
in the air across the other side of the mountain. You can see where all the trees were destroyed mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I, I look at like Waterworld, you know, we're oh, experiencing yeah. global warming. And, that was awesome. Um, if all the ice caps melted, you know, in the Yonker Dryas period, like 12,000 years ago, sea levels rose like 400 feet, which is why Florida looks the way it does and why there's a lot of old structures and um, topographical features that are now underwater, you know, just out on the coast. You look at where the, the shelf is for a lot of these countries and plates, and it's hundreds of miles away from the actual coastline because sea levels just rose that much. You know, all that water melted from the ice caps. You had a large glacial shelf in northern Europe, and it was draining so fast that it created waterfalls that would completely eclipse anything that we've seen you know like Mm. uh, up in niagara falls and stuff like that it was hundreds of times larger so you've got entire valleys that were just absolutely eroded by massive floods of water and that was inland you know what i mean that wasn't even a coastal tsunami that was generated from the interior of a a country or a continent Mm. um you know africa used to have the largest freshwater lake in the world. Mm-hmm. So you think of the Great Lakes, it, it dwarfed those, and that's desert now. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things that can shift pretty quickly that completely change the course of how we live our lives. And I think the water world is one of the most interesting looks at it. I really appreciate that movie. Um, and they're always looking for dry land, right? Yep. Yeah, and like the smokers. They run off the oil rig. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Not a lot of people realize that fuel goes bad. Yeah. Oil doesn't know. And I guess they knew how to refine it to make it into... That's why everything smoked so bad, because it yeah. was like shitty diesel fuel. Yeah, in, in that circumstance. But um, you have a lot of these facilities and processes that are just going to be lost. You know, we have trade schools. We have a lot of digital files with information. And information is probably like directly related to your skills, information stored within a person. Mm-hmm. But knowing about agriculture, knowing about refining fuel, knowing about how to set up a power grid, like all of that is kind of nebulous right now. There's few books, you know, that actually exist. You'd have to go really, really seek out to find that information once it's out of man's common memory. So after whatever event, you look at the second, third, fourth, and beyond generations, how much information is going to be left, how much information is going to be left of our society and what it was. Probably and, zero. Yeah, so with like Gobekli Tepe and a lot of these, not ancient aliens, but like advanced civilizations, a lot of them supposedly left clues for like the stars. So they think that a meteor hit back then. Mm-hmm caused a huge impact their cultural knowledge that they passed on was like look towards the stars wherever you get in the future look to the sky because that's where the real danger lies and only just now i think we tested this year sending a probe out to redirect a meteor a little bit you know away from our immediate orbit but we, we still aren't treating that with due respect like the space force itself that should be dedicated towards assessing identifying and like 
applying solutions to asteroids because mm. planet enders are real and it's frightening how many astral bodies are out there that could absolutely end us and we're still relatively blind yeah they're gonna be like those idiots on don't look up well we're gonna knock it out of the sky and then they find out it has it's all made out of gold or something we need to mine this thing and then some fucking idiot that made some phone app is running the country and makes the decisions and then we all die hopefully it's that quick we don't have to <laughs> suffer for it yeah, I mean, a lot of movies and stuff, you come to a point where, like, I mean, if you're the only man left, is it really worth being, you know? Like, um, what was it? Will Smith movie? Uh, Vampires. I Am Legend. Yeah, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. You know, he thought he was the only person on the planet that was still alive. Or not a vampire, or whatever the fuck they were. Uh, and I think he started to kind of like give up on it until that girl and the kid showed up, you know. So, like, stream isolation is a hard thing. It was really weird um, about that particular book and the film is, and I think they they alter the film too much because you start, like you were calling them vampires, stuff like that. They had some sort of viral immune disease that caused them to be you know, affected by sunlight in a negative way. They went like catatonic. They started getting like rabies-ish symptoms. But I think in the book, it was more, it showed the humanity of them like towards the end. So they find out that the, the whole pretext and the title, I Am Legend, is that he became the boogeyman. They were people. He was the monster. Whereas in the film, it inverts that, and we mm. see them as like these vampiric, you know, hostile entities, but they were still in communities. Like, they had children, they were able to procreate. That was just like the new normal for humanity. And he was left out, but he became the legend, you know, the dark legend, the murderer. He who comes in your house at night mm. kills all of you. That's freaky. No. I never read the book. Sounds good, though. Uh, yeah, man, there's so many things that could happen. And you don't know anything, you know? So you got to, like, try to put a little bit into all of it, you know? Like, you got to think about, as far as prepping goes, you have to think about, like, how's it going to be in the beginning, you know? How's it going to be in the middle? How's it going to be towards the end? And, you know, um, books have a little bit knowledge, even if they're fiction. I mean, you can take away definitely. Like, this is one of my things. I love this kind of stuff, you know. I don't want to actually live in it, but I like to know about it, you know. And I like to know about history and what causes things, cause and effect, Murphy's Law, things like that. And uh, a lot of times with conspiracy theories, they're based on something. Something happened somewhere, sometime. Some information was leaked. And then, you know, like telling somebody at work a secret. Now, by the time it gets back to the person that it's about, been misconstrued into a whole bunch of bullshit. And only a piece of the truth is left. You know, so... Conspiracy theories, a lot of times, are right in some type of a way. 
they've just been changed or passed on to somebody else in a different manner. So I try to, with prepping, put um, as many different scenarios into it as possible based on, you know, within reason of where I live. I know I can't go build a bunker in my backyard because I, I can't because we're geologically unable. But um, unless I get hit directly with a fucking bomb, my house should still be there. You know, because I think that if it was nuclear, they're not going to bomb where my house is. You know, they're going to bomb like MacDill Air Force Base or something. Some type of a Air Force or Pentagon or White House or military installation. You know I mean, you know, unless it's like a million megaton bomb, I'm far enough away to not get hit with the blast at my house. So I can batten down the hatches in there and live in there for probably six months to a year without ever going outside. You know, um, viruses, whatever it is, you try to put a little bit into all of it. You don't try, I personally try to think about any scenario and try to prep for that scenario. In reality, my most of my stuff's for hurricane is where we live. Um, you know, I didn't have to go to the store for the last hurricane. I had a generator. So when the power went out, I was able to turn on the refrigerator still. It was stocked with food. I was able to cook. Luckily, my power wasn't out for very long, but some people was out three or four days. Oh, weeks. I was out for two weeks. Yeah, in an apartment. That sucks, man. And then, you know, uh, down south, they got hit real hard or flooded. But people sitting on the top of their house in a fucking storm, that shit's scary. You know? Uh, and their whole house was fucking flooded. It lost everything. At least I know that if my house was flooded, eventually the water's probably going to go somewhere else. And mason jars are waterproof. So I was still going to have some food. MREs are waterproof. Still going to be able to, Me and my daughter were literally like, a tree fell on my fucking house. You know? Which was scary as fuck. So I was all like Lieutenant Dan out there in the storm. Like, you call this a storm, you know? Come on, motherfucker, blow! And then like the tree fell over. And I lost all confidence. I was like, oh, fuck, don't do it, man. I'm sorry. I was just kidding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh so then like the tree hit 15 minutes later the power goes out so i had a tree sitting on my house and it poked a hole right over the living quarters of the house like the, the living room area so then water's dumping into the attic and i don't even know this until water starts pouring out of the ceiling so i have to react my wife and my son were out of town. Luckily, it was just me and my daughter. And if I stay cool, she stays cool. So, water's seeping out of the ceiling. Popcorn's peeling off. And uh, I have to think on my feet. You know, so I'm like on the phone with my wife, telling her what's happening. And I'm like, I'm going to poke holes in the ceiling. And she's like, what? 
all freaked out. What about our house? I'm like, it's already got a tree on it, and now it's going to get worse. I'm poking holes in the roof, you know? So I stabbed the ceiling, and water starts dumping out. I'm like, the fucking whole fucking thing is full of water. It's going to collapse. So I poked a shitload of holes in the ceiling to relieve the pressure. Luckily, it didn't fall. But, you know, we didn't have any power besides the generator running the refrigerator. Me and my daughter are now in the hallway, which is the safest area in the house, eating hot food in the middle of a fucking scary-ass storm with water pouring out into pots and pans like Merlin in the Storted Stone. You know, and uh, we're eating hot food in the middle of the fucking thing because we had prepared for as many things as possible. So, a seven P's, right? Prior proper planning prevents piss-poor performance. Yes. You weren't prepared. You would perform piss poor, and you would not be eating hot food. No, and then my fucking roof would have collapsed, and I wouldn't have been able to live in my house. Yep. So, don't get caught your pants down. Make your bug-up bags. Right. Have some um, some booklets, or, or have the discussion with your family, your loved ones, what other preppers that you know, or people that you'd like to connect with, right? Start a community after any sort of disaster, whether it's a a small-scale natural disaster like a hurricane or if it's nuclear war, right? Mm. Uh, hope for the best, plan for the worst. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many, you know, YouTube, like, use, use the grid while it's here, right? So there's so many YouTube videos. Canadian Prepper is a good one. Magic Prepper. If you literally, if you type in Prepper, it's going to bring up thousands of videos on how to do this stuff. You're going to be flooded with information. Yeah, there's, use it while it's there. Because when it's not, you can't. And uh, people, don't be naive about this. I mean, even if it's small term, small scale, like the hurricane that we talked about, you know, that lasted. I mean, there's still people probably that are having problems. but And my house is still messed up. But, I mean, I had... I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to ride it out and survive afterwards. And I didn't ha- still haven't had to go to the store for anything. Yep. And uh, don't give up hope, right? Yeah. I mean, hope's another one of them things that you could, could be dangerous. But I, I call it ego or whatever. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let anyone push me down or make me die. They're going to have to kill me hardly, you know? I'm going to die hard, like the movie and shit. Hard target, whatever you want to call it. We will not go quietly into the night. Rage against the dying of the light. Yes, pretty much. All right, well, uh, keep your eyes on the sky. Keep your feet planted firmly on the ground. And uh, make sure to tell those ones you love that you love them. Prepping ain't easy. It's hard out here for a prepper. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.